Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Inside the Huddle's Signing Day Wrap-Up Show. Uh, we have a list of terrific guests, including Alex McCarthy from 247 Sports and our own Nick Holmes to talk about the 2015 Indiana Hoosiers recruiting class. Um, TJ Inman is going to be uh, co-hosting with me. He's joining me right now. Uh, and TJ, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Sammy? I'm good. I'm happy it's Friday. It's uh, It's been a long week, uh, a fun week, but a long week. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, first, I, w- I want to touch upon uh, some news and notes. Uh, Miles Graham, an Indiana running back, has transferred to Monmouth uh, College, uh, which is a division uh, or FCS school. So he'll be uh, immediately eligible to play there. And former IU defensive back Michael Hunter has transferred to Oklahoma State, and as a graduate transfer, he could play right away. So uh, those are the little news and notes. Uh, also, another thing is Ohio State is looking to fill their running backs coach, uh, as you can see. And uh, apparently, according to some sources, uh, Dylan McCullough is on their short list. So. Uh, a little bit of news and notes before we dive headfirst into recruiting. Um, TJ, uh, you broke down this class a little bit. Uh, you know, is this on par with the last two classes? Is it better uh, than that 2013 class? Or, you know, where does this stand in, in Kevin Wilson's recruiting class rankings? I think it is a uh, on par would be a good way to put it. Uh, I think it's a little bit lower than the class two years ago, um, basically because I, I think that class had a little bit more star power with guys like Antonio Allen, Darius Latham, uh, well-known guys in the Indianapolis area that had a pretty big impact, in my opinion, on what we've seen these past two classes. I think they really changed the momentum um, sent a signal to kids in Indiana and especially in the Indianapolis area that, hey, this is a place that you can go. It's an attractive to go. It's cool to go to Indiana and play football. It's not something that's seen as a, um, oh, you're just staying close to home and going to play for your state school and there's not, you know, they're not a, not a big-time school. I think that those guys coming, they were four stars at the time, and I'd say that they've pretty much lived up to it. Antonio Allen really started to come into his own last year. Uh, and Darius Latham saw a lot of playing time as well. But I think that what their commitments signaled was very important. But just in pure quality, I think this class is incredibly deep. Um, you have quite a few guys that I'm really excited to see play. Uh, and I, I think that they could have a big impact down the line. And there's probably at least a handful of guys that I think could play this season and provide a nice boost for Indiana. The good thing is that the program is getting to a place where these guys aren't going to be forced into action immediately. Um, With the exception of some of the wide receivers, they're not going to be relied upon to be stars, to be starters even. Uh, They'll be able to either just contribute a little bit and fill roles, or, even better, 
they'll be able to redshirt because IU doesn't have to have them right away. So when you start to get guys that are fourth-year juniors, fifth-year seniors, uh, you'll see that quality of play on the field increase because they've had more time in the program before they have to play. So uh, overall, I think it's a very encouraging day for Indiana. They held on to everybody who's committed and uh, added a guy that we didn't know about. He was committed during the weekend, but Camion Patrick, a junior college wide receiver that, uh, by all accounts, is a very good gift for Indiana. Yeah, I agree. This is a very deep class. Uh, Hopefully, you know, it's always nice to play these impact freshmen, uh, but it's also nice to to redshirt some of them and create the depth you need to be a successful program. I want to touch on, on one other thing before Alex McCarthy comes on in a few minutes. Um, and that's the Big Ten Network's coverage of signing day. And, and this is something that has been a thorn in my side uh, for a while. Uh, as I was up at, at – we were all up at, at 6 o'clock waiting for letters to come in and you know, and flipping on the TV, and he saw ESPNU and the SEC Network had had signing day covered at, starting at, at 6, 7, 8 a.m., while the Big Ten Network is showing a replay of a basketball game that happened a week ago. And, uh, yeah, they had a nice two-hour show later in the day. I, I just think it hurts the Big Ten Network a little bit, maybe that they're not covering it live. They're not getting these shots of the kids. Uh, picking their schools or interviews like that. Um, but that's my, my pet peeve of the day, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that later as Alex McCarthy's now uh, calling in. Uh, Alex, uh, Alex McCarthy's joining us now. He's uh, from 247 Sports. He's very knowledgeable on recruiting. Alex, I hope you had your uh, 20-hour nap, you rested up, and ready for the weekend. How are you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm mostly recovered. Um, yeah, like you said, long day getting up at you know six or even beforehand to to get ready and, and make our omelets and, and get our Mountain Dew ready. But uh, survived, uh, pretty much recovered, and uh, yeah, ready to get onto this 2016 class basically. Uh, Alex, um, we we were talking a little bit about the depth of this class. Uh, it, to me, it looks really good. Um, who do you see that, uh, you know, who's the, the best recruit of the bunch and maybe who's a who's a sleeper in the class that, that might make an impact that nobody really knows or jumps off the page yet? Yeah, you mentioned the depth of this class. I think this is probably the the deepest, most well-balanced class that Kevin Wilson's brought into Indiana. I mean, we can make an argument that two years ago with that Antonio Allen, Darius Lace on the Sharks, that kind of class, Maybe that one was better in terms of um, you know some of the positions they filled and some of the players they got, but I think this one, top to bottom, is, is probably the best one that he's had so far, um, which makes it kind of hard to kind of pick out specific guys who are going to be early contributors. I think really you look at the wide receiver position though, and I think any of them, based on what we saw last year on the field for Indiana, and now that Shane Wynn's going to be gone too now, um, I think any of those guys can can jump in and make an early impact. I think Camion Patrick, who was the the, the latest edition of the of the class to date, um, junior college guy from East Mississippi who had a lot of SEC, ACC interests. Um, I think he has a chance to start right off the bat. Uh, he's big. He's he's physical on the outside. Uh, Kevin Wilson compared him to Cody Latimer, which obviously is incredibly high praise for um, you know comparing a guy to a to a second round NFL draft pick. Uh, I think so. I think he can he can make an impact pretty early on. I think Nick Westbrook can also 
play pretty early and pretty often for, for IU, also on the outside of that receiver position. Um, big guy, good hands, um, you know, good release, good speed off the, off the ball. Um, on the defensive side, I think uh, I really like um, what Tyler Green can bring, obviously, to either cornerback uh, or safety. He's the highest-rated recruit in the class, according to their 24-7 composite rankings. Um, and, and he's going to start out at cornerback as it's kind of a longer, really athletic guy who's going to maybe create some mismatches. Uh, I, I really like Brandon Wilson, though, also on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to be um, probably a bandit, you know, outside linebacker, defensive end hybrid kind of guy. Uh, I think he brings a pass rushing um, speed that, that Indiana hasn't had, really. And I, but I think Indiana thought they were getting a couple years ago in David Kenny, but I think obviously that didn't work out. Um, but I think Brandon Wilson brings that combination of size and speed. Um, and, it, you know, those are the guys that kind of jump out. Uh, in terms of sleeper guys, I think – uh, and I didn't really expect this out of this class. I think Isaac James is being a little bit overlooked. A uh, guy from Carmel, uh, right up the road, who was Indiana's top in-state target for a long, long time um, until they got his commitment, obviously. Um, he's a, he plays both sides of the ball. He, he was a quarterback in high school, a cor- and also uh, the defensive side, he's a cornerback. Um, but he's giving him a shot to play slot receiver. Uh, I think he can make an impact pretty early on, um, just, just out of sheer athleticism. I, I'm kind of excited to see what he's able to do. Alex, you guys uh, did a great job on signing day and leading up to that as well. Um, I used struggled to get production at tight end last year. Mm-hmm. I liked the potential and the look of Jordan Fuchs. Uh, Anthony Corsaro is a good blocker, but the tape that I saw and the things I've read about Austin Doris, I'm maybe unreasonably excited about him. Uh, do you think it's an irrational thing to say that he could help Indiana quite a bit at tight end? I think he can be really good. Yeah, so do I. His his highlight film is really fun <laughs> to see. A uh, he's yeah. what six five. He's a he's huge. Uh, playing quarterback for his high school at Shady Side in Ohio, um, and just to see him kind of run over people and run past it, like it, it, he has a great combination, I think, of size and speed and just um, an overall feel for the game. Um, that obviously. You know, Jordan Fuchs, like you said, is a really interesting prospect, but he's still only been playing football for, I think, three years, four years. Um, mm-hmm. Austin Doris has been obviously playing longer, um, and he's been playing quarterback. So um, he's been forced to make quick decisions. He's been forced to um, develop an overall knowledge of just how offenses work, how defenses kind of read things. Um, and so I, I think I don't think it's unreasonable at all to, to expect big things out of Austin Doris. Uh, maybe not right away, but... Um, like you said, with with kind of the lack of production that they had last year, and you know, still looking for a guy to fill the the huge shoes that that Ted Bolster left behind, uh, I, I think Doris can can make an impact. Um, you know, during his freshman season, and then down the line, I, I think he's definitely going to develop into um, someone who's very reliable for Indiana. Yeah, that I one of the things that I'm excited about with him is the the size that he does bring. Uh, we saw it with Ted Bolster. I'm not comparing. Austin Doris and Ted Bolser at this stage, but that size in the red zone is something I think they so relaxed last year, and we saw them address that with this wide receiver class. The thing that I may be most excited about with this group of guys, minus Isaac James, who's, and I guess Mike Majetti or Mahetti, however you say it, um, but minus those two guys, all the receivers they brought in are above six feet. Uh, they're very big, and you add Austin Doris into that, I think we could see uh, a big increase in the red zone production that uh, last year's team outside of Simi Cobbs just 
didn't have that that size. Uh, was there a concerted effort? And I know Kevin Wilson touched on this to bring in more size as opposed to just small, fast guys at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, there definitely was because I mean, like you said, outside of Simi Cobbs, um, there just wasn't any. I, I mean, they were they were playing Shane Wynn out, uh, you know, on the outside at the start of the yeah. season. I, there's no size at all out there. I mean, when when Shane Wynn is lining up outside, Jason Harris in the slot. They just didn't really, um, yeah, they just had no one who was really going to be able to go up and get the ball. And uh, that was, I think maybe Nate Sutfield was just so, well, actually all of IU's offense was so used to that. The year before when they had Cody Lyman or Ted Bowles or Kofi Hughes, even Dewey Wilson. Um, and then it, it was just such a kind of shock to the offensive system to see all of those guys at once vanish. Uh, Indiana scrambled a little bit later in the recruiting process last year to um, flip Simi Cobbs, who was committed to Purdue, and get him over because uh, he's a, a bigger, taller guy. Uh, and then in this class, right away, I mean, they, they were going after Nick Westbrook, um, who's, who's 6'2", 6'3", uh, Leon Thornton, who's up there as well, um, and then Kamion Patrick was kind of a focus for the last couple of months. He was another big guy, you know, like we mentioned earlier. Um, and even, um, you know, they even took a commitment from, from Donovan Hale, who's a 6'4", quarterback, from uh, or I guess an athlete really, but um, from Florida, who's going to start out at quarterback, and I was kind of surprised to hear Kevin Wilson say on signing day, you know, if he doesn't work out at, at quarterback, maybe we'll put him at like tight end or something like that. So I, there has been um, definitely, definitely a focus of um, first of all just getting wide receivers in, and also getting guys who can who are going to be able to go up and get jump balls. Guys are going to be able to, you know, if you throw them a fade in the end zone, or if you throw them something in the red zone, they're going to be able to go up against smaller cornerbacks um, and, and make plays because that's something that Indiana just didn't, wasn't able to do hardly at all last year. I mean, they didn't have a, a passing touchdown. Um, I mean, it, it, it took a while for them to, to really get, um, you know, the passing game down in the red zone and in the, in the scoring zone. Uh, so I think, yes, that, that, there was definitely a, um, a, a concerted effort to, to get size into this class. Uh, Alex, we're going to get you out on this last question. Uh, we're going to look ahead to 2016. Uh, there are a couple quarterbacks in Indiana who stand out. Uh, one of them is Brandon Peters. Uh, is he a priority for the Hoosiers in this next coming up cl- uh, class? Yeah, yeah, undoubtedly. Um, you know, even in this recruiting cycle, um, Indiana is making a priority to, to get up to Avon to uh, to talk to him, to get him down on visits. He really likes coming down to IU. He's coming down in a couple of days um, for IU's first junior day of the, of the season. Um, he likes IU. Michigan State really likes him. Um, you know, he's going to try and visit, like, uh, I think Iowa. You know, really all the Big Ten are looking at, at Peters. He's a, um, you know, high four-star, five-star-ish uh, talent who, um, I, I don't know, I, I saw him play uh, when I was up watching IU you know, 2015, I you come at Joe Belden, and um, Peters got hurt on one possession, and then came back to the next one and, and drove him to a touchdown. And he just there's a lot of toughness in him. There's a lot of skill. There's a lot of uh, he's got a good frame to build on. He can be a, a big, tall, um, almost Nate Sudfeld-esque, like you know, pocket kind of style guy. Um, but I, you know, I, I really like what I see out of him, and, and so does Indiana because they're they're certainly going after him. They want to lock down. Um, the state of Indiana in terms of getting some of the top guys. Uh, they want to kind of do 
what they thought they were doing with Tommy Stevens, uh, you know, locking up the best quarterback in, in the state um, with with Peters in this class. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely a priority. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, the recruiting process with him. All right, that's Alex McCarthy from 247 Sports. Alex, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, hopefully we'll be in contact soon, and enjoy your weekend. Thanks. You guys, too. Thanks, Thanks for having me out again. All right. Thank you. Yep. All right. Uh, we have uh, Nick Holmes coming on in, in a few seconds. Uh, it's always good to talk to Alex. He's very knowledgeable. Um, Nick was down with me in uh, at Bloomington at the signing day. Uh, Nick, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm not doing too bad. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, yeah, doing uh, well. Thanks for coming on, Nick. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And Nick, you were down with me down in Bloomington uh, for signing day. Uh, Coach Wilson seemed very excited. Uh, what did you take away uh, from from his press conference and from the recruiting class so far? Yeah, I mean, he was visibly um, excited about the guys that he brought in. Uh, a couple things that I noted was um, he was especially excited about picking up Brandon Knight, uh, an in-state target, um, Coach Fry, one of Coach Fry's biggest targets, and then they got Stepniak out of Ohio. And I just noticed that those were two of the priorities for uh, the offensive line, and they and they got both of them, which is great. I mean, we've had a great offensive line the last three or four seasons, so. Um, as long as we can continue to build good depth there, I think uh, that's exciting. Right, the, the offensive line is, is going to be a very veteran crew uh, this year, and it's time to uh, reload the the reserves, as they say. Um, is there anybody who who stands out to you as a guy who's going to be a playmaker, uh, who could be an impact right away on defense, offense, or special teams? Uh, there's there's quite a few guys that, I mean, like you guys were saying earlier, this is on par with maybe the last two classes. And across the board, I think we have talent in nearly every position coming in. Um, someone that I'm somewhat partial to um, is Devontae Williams out of Maryland, the former Marshall commit. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch his highlights. I, I know you have, but I don't know if our listeners have. Um, he goes by the name of Matrix, and I did an article last week about him. And the kid is absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. Um, I compared him to Tavon Austin of Western Virginia or West Virginia or Drew Archer of Kent State a couple years ago because every time he touches the ball, he's a threat to take it all the way. Um, like you guys are saying earlier, we didn't get a lot of production out of tight end last year. So as long as Doris comes in, it, you know, I would like two, 235, 240, and he's ready to put his hand on the ground and block some then he definitely could see some early playing time. Um, as far on defense, everyone's pointed out that Tyler Green, that's six foot three, uh, the potential that he brings to the quarter, cornerback position, uh, what we have there right now, we have some talented athletes, but they're all fairly small, so he gives us a different look there that matches up better against the ever-increasing size of the wide receivers in the Big Ten. Um, Raekwon Jones out of Florida, we uh, we have four scholarship inside linebackers returning with Oliver, Gooch, Simmons, and Scales. So we 
I noticed we rotated a lot at that position last year, so there's a good chance he'll see some early playing time as well. But really, a lot of a lot of the guys that we're bringing in are candidates to see early PT. Yeah, Devontae Williams was somebody I wanted to wanted to ask you about um, and how he plays into the bigger picture running back this coming season. Um, you know, we can't forget that Jordan Howard and Marquis Hawkins were brought in. They don't count in the rankings, which is a bit unfortunate. But um, Jordan Howard obviously expected to be the number one running back. Uh, how do you think it plays out behind him with guys like Divine Redding, Tommy Mister, um, you know, Miles Graham transferred out? So do you think Devontae Williams factors in at running back? How do you think he's going to be used? Well, um, that's a good point is, you know, Jordan Howard's probably going to be your first and second down back or every down back. Um, but we saw Divine Redding, he can he can come in and do the same things. We don't really know what we have with Mr. right now. I know there were some comparisons to Tevin Coleman coming out of high school. The way that I think that you could use um, Devontae is similar to how West Virginia used Tavon, as you know, on some sweeps. Um, it's Covington comes back fully healthy. Maybe you could run a little triple option with with um, Howard on the dive and sending Devontae out, out, out on the outside. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can get the ball to him out in space and let him make plays. Um, a point is we got bigger wide receivers coming in, and they'll help with blocking on the outside. So maybe that will open up some more lanes for him to make plays too. So I don't see him running between the tackles so much his first year, but – um, more just getting him into space um, to where he can make moves and not get so bogged down with the big guys up front. All right, Nick, we're going to get you out on this question uh, real quick. Um, moving forward into 2016, uh, aside from Brandon Peters, who who are some names that uh, Hoosier fans should look out for? Well, uh, I did a piece on uh, this guy a couple weeks ago, uh, Chris Evans, running back out of Ben Davis, um, currently a three-star. Um, I believe he also has an offer from Cincinnati, and there might be another. Um, Austin Robertson out of Fort Wayne, he's a four-star defensive end. Another guy, he has quite a few offers. Um, he has an offer from the Hoosiers currently. Um, right now, though, from what I could tell earlier, there there are eight kids in the state of Indiana with offers currently from the Hoosiers. And I expect that to expand over the next few months. But um, the state is heavy in running backs next year. And uh looks like we got a couple offensive linemen to keep our eye on, too. So, And I'll have more pieces on those coming out in the next couple of weeks on Hoosier Huddle. All right. Thank you, Nick. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, always a welcome guest of the show. Uh, you could read Nick Holmes's articles on Hoosier Huddle. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Hoosier Holmes, all one word. Uh, thank you, Nick. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and the rest of your weekend. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Nick. Welcome. Bye. All right, TJ. We, we've talked to our two guests. We broke it down the class enough. Um, Let's start moving forward. You know, spring ball's uh, a couple months away. Uh, what do you want to see from this team going into the spring? Sure, yeah, it's uh, it's always difficult to gauge um, things like tackling and pass rush and all that when there's always a very um, 
concerted effort by the coaching staff to get anyone hurt. So the first thing you want from spring ball is for guys to get out healthy um, and for the injured players to come back uh, and just get their feet under them again. Guys like Nate Sudfeld, Chris Covington, um, they're going to be limited, but you do want to see them uh, be able to get back out on the field and and um, be with their teammates again. So that's the first thing uh, is the health of the guys that are back and to keep that team healthy. The second thing that I'd like to see is how the wide receiver competition is going to play out. And Camion Patrick is is going to be there, I think, in May is when he gets done. So um, he'll be the closest thing to being involved. But none of the new arrivals outside of Marquis Hawkins are going to be able to participate. So um, Westbrook, Thornton, Isaac James, Camion Patrick, I expect all of those guys to at least factor into the competition. Uh, if not, a couple of them see very significant time. So the returning players really have to step up. Um, Simi Cobbs, Jason Harris, Dominique Booth. Um, there's Corey Keel is a redshirt guy that could could factor in. He has, I think he's about six foot, so he's got a little bit of size, but their wide receiver production was just not good enough last year. There were too many drops that led to um, the ending of drives. There was a couple of drops that just the ball popped up into the air off the receiver's hand, resulted in interception, pick six, and totally changed games. So wide receivers have to be better, and I think that the coaching staff sent a very clear message to the guys that are returning, if you don't work hard and improve your game, you're not going to be on the field. So I'm definitely hoping to see some increased production from the wide receivers. Um, I can't say anything about their work ethic, but last year wasn't good enough. So hopefully they can step it up and be up to the challenge of meeting these new guys head on and keeping their spots on the field. Um, So I think that's probably the biggest thing. And then I'd like to, you know, hear great things about Jordan Howard. Um, then there's a couple of redshirt guys, offensive lineman uh, Gardner, um, from originally from Lawrence Central, that to see where he slots in along the offensive line. I've heard a lot of good things about his potential, and if he can add to what is already a really good returning offensive line, Indiana could have again one of the better O lines in the Big Ten. So that's been a strength with Kevin Wilson and his teams, I would expect for that to continue, which is uh, really a positive sign for Indiana football because it all starts up front. Right. I, my big thing is the receivers. Uh, once again, uh, going into last year, it was uh, basically a whole new crew except for uh, Shane Wynn and a couple other seniors. Uh, it just mm-hmm. didn't look like Sudfeld and the quarterbacks had that rhythm that receivers have that they get over time. I think with the off-season throwing uh, with spring practice. Hopefully they use that to to get on the same page, to get a feeling. Uh, this offense runs on, you know, a, a timing. And a lot of these routes need to be timed perfectly and the throws have to be there. So hopefully that they take this, these uh, 15 practices, uh, they they work on, on routes and, and just building a trust and a, and a reputation with each other, you know, to catch the ball. I, I think they will. The receivers are talented. I think it got into their head a little bit with the drops late last year. 
especially switching quarterbacks in the middle of the year. Uh, but now you have Sugzell coming back. He's limited in spring, but he could still throw. Uh, Wilson said if there's, you know, he could still throw and do most of the things, but if there's a snap to his left, he's not going to jump for it and risk injury. Uh, so that, that's the big thing. Uh you know, if they could get this offense going, I think the defense looks like it could be good enough to 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 make a few stops, to to limit points, to you know limit teams to to 28 points or less, which I think is doable, and and you could win games doing that. Um, TJ, yeah, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, you can follow TJ on Twitter at uh, TJ Who's Your Huddle. He's done a, a fantastic job breaking down the class offense and defense. He's also put out a piece, an overview, overview of the Big Ten. Uh, it gives them, uh, gives teams their best recruit and their uh, sleeper recruit. Uh, TJ, thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Always fun to come on, and we'll uh, we'll keep at it and look forward to spring ball in the next uh, next few weeks. All right, we should be back on the air. At our normal time on Wednesday next week at noon, uh, we'll be talking any news. Uh, we'll come up with some fun topics, not just football. So maybe uh, go into a part two of of game day uh, traditions. I know we left uh, a few of them out, but and we'll also uh, take questions from listeners and readers. So send your questions in to Hoosier Huddle, uh, either at Twitter uh, at, at Hoosier underscore Huddle, or you could send them in via email at um, – or to the Hoosier Huddle at gmail.com. All right, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday.